I'm Chance. And I'm Sarah Catherine. And this is Conservation Connection. Presented by Last Chance Endeavors. We are a husband and wife team running a wildlife education nonprofit. It's focused on connecting students to their environment. Each week, here on Conservation Connection, we do just that. Introducing you to the groundbreaking science and conservation work that's happening every day across the globe. We talk to professionals in the world of conservation science and wildlife management, and we ask them about their career, their current projects, their wild and crazy stories from the field, and everything in between. This episode is a collaboration with EarthX here in Dallas, Texas. EarthX is the largest Earth Day celebration in the world, and it brings in speakers from every corner of the environmental arena. Listen in to hear the stories of today's environmental titans, covering everything from environmental law, ocean health, renewable energy, clean transportation, and so much more. Let's get to the show. Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of Conservation Connection. We are here at EarthX 2022 in Dallas, Texas. We are very excited to be sitting down with Nicole Ujida, who's the Education Director for the John Bunker Sands Wetland Center. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So why don't we start with, tell us where exactly is the Wetland Center and what is it that y'all do? So we are an 1,800-acre man-made wetland. We are just 30 minutes south of Dallas in Combine, Texas. And what we do, we pull water from the East Fork of the Trinity River. So we sit south of six wastewater treatment plants. Um, We pull in effluent water from the Trinity River. It flows into our wetland. So it starts at a sedimentation bank. It sits for 24 hours and then it gets moved by gravity through the wetland. So we worked with the grade of the land. And then all of that water that flows through the wetlands gets cleaned by plants. We have plants there that filter out nitrates and phosphates and ammonias and different things that we actually put into our water systems. The plants clean it out. Um, If you come to the center, you'll see um, it's nice and clear once you get to the south 800 acres of it. And after that, we pump it all the way back up a 43-mile-long pipeline back up to Lake Levon, and it makes up about 20 to 25% of the drinking water for North Texas cities. So that's what we do every day. And then in addition to being a wetland center, we're also a nature center, so we do field trips and classes and Girl Scout programs and all sorts of things. Nice. So that's really cool because what your wetland center is doing is what a lot of uh, municipal water treatment plants do right where they're they're bringing water in and they're having to mechanically remove the siltation or they're having to use chemical treatments to remove pneumonia the excess fertilizers or you know anything that may have made its way into the water system that's not healthy to drink or be in the environment uh but you're doing all of that through uh natural means using a a healthy ecosystem to accomplish that Yes. So all of the plants that were brought in for the wetland project, they were handpicked for the rates at which they can phytoremediate the water. Phytoremediation is the big word for which, which explains how like the plants bring back balance to the water. And there are different plants that do different types of remediation. So we picked the ones that we picked for the wetland were particularly picked for nitrates and phosphates because that's what we are inputting. But there are other wetlands, like there's one in Israel that actually they chose all of the plants that pull out salt from the water. So they're actually using that to convert salt water into fresh water, like because they're having a drinking water crisis. That's fascinating. I did not know you could do desalination. 
Yeah. Through plants. Through plants. Which makes a lot of sense, right? Because we've got a, you know, if you think biologically, we have a lot of mechanisms to move uh, electrolytes around. That's, yes. It's how our body exists, right? So it makes absolute sense that you would be able, you know, a biological system would have the the micro machinery to move the salt in and out of, of water reservoirs. That's absolutely fascinating. So... Since you mentioned like hand picking plants, so I kind of had figured like, oh, you have this wetland area, like it's just natural, like and like everything there is just kind of like grew up on its own. But that's not the case. That is entirely not the case. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the reason there is a wetland is that back in the early 2000s, there was severe drought. There was a population boom, and then there were zebra mussels, which are an invasive species uh, that were found in Lake Texoma. And so it is illegal to import water across state lines knowingly, like, like with knowing that there's an invasive species in it. And Lake Texoma is that weird, it's on our border. So we don't know. Oklahoma didn't want to pay the fine. Texas couldn't pay the fine. So we've stopped importing water because we used to import water from all over into our reservoirs. So we actually had to stop importing. So the wetland was created and designed to allow for natural water filtration because Texas is still growing. North Dallas is still growing. Like Toyota just moved here. Amazon's moving headquarters here. So we're still like, it's a part of creating more infrastructure for a growing population, (laughs) the growing population. Absolutely. So you, you guys were previously, I say you, Texas in general, previously <laughs> <Yes>. was... <laughs> I am Texas. Was, you, are the, you are the embodiment of Texas. Wow. Wow, I'm honored. Um, previously, Texas was importing water from outside of the state in order to meet the needs of the population, the drinking water, you yes. know, the household water needs of this population. And uh, then there was an invasive species in it, mm-hmm. and they didn't... You know, it's just a generally bad idea to move that around, and more it's than a bad offense, idea too. Yeah. yeah, it's illegal, and it costs a lot of money if you, you know, are making problems worse in that way. So, uh, and we could do a whole episode on zebra mussels, but I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I know <laughs> that there's a lot to, to be said about zebra mussels. Um, but yeah, I'm really impressed at the kind of forward thinking that of hey, instead of just putting in a new municipal water plant, we're going to use this as an opportunity to create a living ecosystem that accomplishes our needs, but also has all of these auxiliary benefits, right? You're not only a a wetland center in the terms of creating drinking water, you're also a nature center. Yes, that's actually a result of our partnership. So the reason our nature center is able to exist and to thrive is because of John Bunker Sands, who is our namesake. So John Bunker Sands, he is the son of Caroline Rose Hunt, which is a big family here in Texas. And he was really passionate about holistic farming and holistic land management. And he noticed that every year, because this was the wetland originally was like 5,000 acres of farmland. Um, Yeah, so there were cattle. And you'd never know if you came out, you'd never know that this was farmland. Uh, But he noticed that this area of his farm would flood every year. And being really passionate about the environment and conservation, he had the idea to make it a wetland because he was also really passionate about duck hunting. And he was like, it'd be great for environmental credits for businesses if they need to buy environmental credits to supplement for where they're building their developments. So he drew up the plans for a wetland and he worked with Alan Plummer, which is one of our partners as well. And he worked with them to come up with the plans for the original wetland. Um, and he was presenting to different municipalities because in order to complete his version of the wetland, he would have to breach the levee of the Trinity River, which would 
impact the greater Trinity River, which heads down to the Gulf of Mexico. So he had to talk to a lot of people and he was, you know, working and trying to get his wetland going. But unfortunately, he passed before his plans were ever able to get anywhere. And then enter in the North Texas Municipal Water District. And they were looking to build a wetland. They actually worked with Alan Plummer and Associates, the same person who is still involved in our wetland project today. Awesome. And they were looking for to build a wetland. And she said, hey, I have these plans. They were sitting on a shelf. So she gave those exact plans that John Bunker had to the North Texas Municipal Water District. Then they met with the family of John Bunker Sands and they agreed to lease the land. So we are in a, an 100 year partnership between the North Texas Municipal Water District, the Rosewood Corporation, which is the corporation that John Bunker Sands family, Caroline Rose Hunt, mm-hmm. um, that is their like corporation f- for their endeavors. And then we're in a partnership with them. And so when the nature center was being built, because John Bunker was so passionate about education and teaching others and the next generation about like holistic land management, um, the nature center was built and named after him. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah, That's super cool. You brought up something a little bit earlier that I just want to throw in front of our listeners about the incredible complexity of changing water structures, right? Because the whole thing about water and water rights is that, what happens on your land, the water crossing across your land, affects everybody downstream from you. And, you know, that's hundreds of miles all the way out to the Gulf. I mean, if we're talking about somewhere in the in the upper area of the Mississippi River watershed, you're literally crossing, like, dozens of states before you, you get out into the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. right? So if you like solving really complex problems and talking to lots of people, you should absolutely go into water rights issues because <laughs> it is an incredibly complex puzzle. And in Texas, so water rights are, if you have access to it, you can have rights to it. So it's very different than a lot of other states. I know in Colorado for the longest time, it was illegal to collect rainwater because the government like you could not collect water because the rainwater was owned by the state. So it's wow. very different yeah. in a lot of different cities and a lot of different states. Like, I don't know. Texas yeah. is That's so strange. <laughs> yeah. And then we, you go to somewhere like California where mm-hmm. you're having, you know, this huge population boom, just like we did in, in Texas. But you also have all of these really water intensive agricultural crop, right, which is a huge economic driver for the state. And so you get into this question of like, OK, how do we divvy up? the dwindling water supply so that we're meeting all of our needs and and also still growing economically and it just it's very complex and we're not able to pull in all of the water right so we try to reuse as much as possible however we do still have to allow water flow downstream into the main stem of the trinity river like to go down to the gulf so we only pull in like sometimes 60 to 80 just depending on the weather it's not we're not able to pull in 100 percent. yeah absolutely That sounds like one of the challenges you might face, but I'm sure there are more. So what are some of the challenges that y'all face as a wetland or nature center? As a nature center, our biggest challenge is just visibility. People don't know that we exist. They don't know what we're doing, but it also goes to show. So we do a lot of high school field trips and kids don't know where their water comes from, period. Like they don't understand the urban water cycle. They don't understand where their water goes after you flush the toilet or after you wash your hands. And so it's fighting a bigger battle of visibility to nature spaces, but also visibility to where your water comes from. Like what, it doesn't just come out of the faucet. There's a lot more that goes into that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we've 
discovered over the years of, of working with our nonprofit is that water authorities and like groups managing water as a resource are super cool nature areas because, you know, water is not like electricity. Electricity we generate. Water is present on the landscape just like it's present in your faucet. And so getting water, clean drinking water into your home is a matter of working with nature to figure out where there are sources of water that can be brought to you. Mm -hmm. And then taking the water that you have changed somehow by washing your hands or showering with it and treating it before it goes back out into the the water system. You know, for us in, in Columbus, Georgia, it's going back to the Chattahoochee River, which makes its way out to Apalachicola, right? So it's Water and water treatment is very, very different from some of the other utilities that we do because it is still very truly a raw natural resource. What is one of your favorite parts of the Wetland Center and why would you tell people that they should come visit, come learn from y'all, come walk around the Wetland Center? Yeah. So one of my favorite parts of the Wetland Center is the wildlife and also it's so quiet. Um, with wildlife, we have a nesting pair of bald eagles that have come to the property. So bald eagles mate for life, and then they also nest in the same area for life. So we've had this nesting pair of bald eagles. They've been spotted since about 2008, and they just had two juvenile eaglets, and they're getting ready to fledge. So they're on the nest. We see them flapping their wings. Um, and it's really great that I can leave my office and go for a walk and get up to a thousand feet and see these eaglets just hanging out depending on the day or see bald eagles flying overhead. That's um, super cool. And because they're on our property, we're able to protect them and put the infrastructure in place to make sure that they won't be messed with so they can nest in peace, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, but there are river otters, and I saw a beaver the other day. Nice. And the American mink, which was thought to be extinct in North America, was spotted. We saw one on our boardwalk. Wow. Um, so it's just this really cool haven for wildlife that just all naturally come to live at the wetland because it is such a peaceful area. Yeah. That's amazing. And that just, I mean, every time we talk about wetlands, I try to drive this point home, but that wetlands are awesome in that they do this water remediation, right? Mm -hmm. On top of that, they're a thriving, healthy ecosystem. And so you get all of these other benefits, like having Mm -hmm. this wildlife, right? You know, a species that was thought to be extinct, just roaming around on your boardwalk. You know, it's it's really, really, wetlands are freaking awesome and you should support them. (laughs) <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say, really. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly, not but biased. you agree, right? Yeah, you're totally not biased in that at all. Um, so if people wanted to find out more about the Wetland Center, how they could come visit you, what your hours are, all of that, where should they go? So our website is www.wetlandcenter.com, but we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, <laughs> uh, which I'm trying to launch. <laughs> Um, YouTube, we do have a live um, eagle cam. So I was going nice. to ask about that. So one of the really cool things about the eagles in telling their story, um, when they first came to the property, they actually nested on an active power line. Oh, no. Um, on a power tower. Because it's a really, their nests can be up to the size of a king-size mattress. Wow. For reference. And so they thought a power line was a great, sturdy place to build a nest. And sure. they're not wrong. <laughs> But they just chose an active power line. Um, and so we were able to partner with Encore. We were able to partner with a bunch of other people and Encore diverted power for 24 hours. So we were able to remove the entire rung that they built their nest on and put it onto a dummy tower. That's amazing. So there is 
an, a weird, I call it a funky F-shaped tower that's out of the line of the active power lines. And we have a camera that is live streaming constantly to that tower. So you can see what's happening when the eagles aren't there or when they are there. That's super so, cool. Can you imagine like leaving your apartment for the day and getting back and being like, whoa, 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 something's different here. They moved it. <laughs> they moved it. <laughs> Fortunately for us, they accepted it. Yeah. Um, they leave in about June and then they come back in October, November. So cool. Well, if you guys are listening and you'd like to check out more about the John Bunker Sands Wetland Center, or you'd like to look at baby eagles on a webcam, you guys can scroll down to the show notes. I'm going to put those links right there. So you guys can go straight from listening to this podcast to learning more about this awesome wetland center. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you all for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Conservation Connection. If you enjoyed our podcast, go ahead and subscribe to make sure you catch every episode that we post. We'd love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out, go to our website, lastchanceendeavors.com backslash contact and shoot us an email. We love questions from our listeners. So if you heard something that you want to know more about, be sure to let us know. If you've got a minute to spare, leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts will help other conservation-minded people find the show. We'd really appreciate it. A big thanks to the people working to protect our planet and a big thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week.